enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. All things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I will be your host today as we talk about season eight of Game of Thrones, and specifically the last few episodes of the series. Listeners, beware, this podcast is dark and full of spoilers. We want to welcome back all of our returning listeners. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time tuning in, thank you very much. The Temple of Geek podcast is where we cover everything from movies, comics, TV shows, and more. Are you a fan of Star Wars, Doctor Who, cosplay, Harry Potter, or Star Trek? Then this is the place for you. We've been around since 2012, and we have been enthusiastically covering the world of geek ever since. With me today is my co-host, DC Bishop, and first-time guest, Denise Sordo. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you guys for being here. Could you guys just take a moment to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Hello to our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, my name is Stacy, and uh, and I am uh, one of the hosts for the Retro Rebel podcast, and also I like to uh, like to think that I'm a Star Wars connoisseur, maybe even a a, a, a some a self-professed expert, um, big fan of Batman, and uh, a dad gamer, which means that I get to play uh, games while the kids are asleep. <laughs> yeah, Denise, what about you? Sounds good. Okay, well, um, I like to write for Temple of Geek. That's one of the things I do. I love horror, going to like horror conventions. I like going to regular conventions, cosplay sometimes, um, mostly a handler to my husband <laughs> in cosplay, and um, just, you know, hanging out with friends, discussing, you know, shows and having fun, just like we're doing here right now. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on today and, and being here with me. Um, so right off the bat, I just want to ask you guys, what were your feelings right after watching the episode, The Bells? And have your feelings changed since you've seen the episode? Um, do you feel differently about this episode than you have other episodes in the season? Just what are your overall feelings? Well, um, I didn't know that was what the, the title of the episode was. And I think that that's, they're doing that strategically. They're not releasing the title of the episodes until, I guess, when the episode is released. Something like that. I guess it's just to make sure that there aren't any spoilers given away um my initial reaction on this this episode was better than last episode um i, I felt punched in the stomach i guess is the uh, the best uh, analogy that i can come up with right off the bat as my initial reaction it was like man there were parts of it that were really hard to watch because uh, it was it was just i mean it was it was tough it was it was probably one of the um I don't know, one of the more, uh, in terms of character turns and character arcs, there were just a lot of things that were unexpected for me. Uh, after thinking about it for a while, though, um, there were some parts of it that, that really stuck in my craw. And uh, although I enjoyed the episode, I love Game of Thrones. It didn't ruin anything necessarily for me. But there were just some questions I had at the end. So. Yeah, I totally get that. Denise, what about you? For me, the feelings um, 
I like the episode, actually. I, I feel like a lot of people on social media and looking at tweets are not 100% happy. But almost, I'd probably say like a good accuracy of things that I predicted were going to happen happened. Um, I, I felt happy with it. I actually, I follow a lot of like um, interviews by the actors, like on late night television. And I was prepared. I heard that this was going to be, this episode in particular was going to be very big. Um, if you thought the, the episode three was good, you know, that this one would be even better. And so I was kind of like, like already feeling it. And I was like excited about it. And I thought probably everybody knew, but I guess they didn't. So my feelings, I wasn't as shocked as everybody else could have been, but I enjoyed it. Awesome. I think for me, um, I didn't know how to process it after I watched it. I, I literally sat there and was like, whoa, what did I just watch? What happened? <laughs> and I think that the writers for Game of Thrones are really good at making you feel a certain way and then throwing it all like back at you. Yeah. Um, you know, we've they've done it to us since the beginning with Ned Stark and chopping off his head where you just really don't see anything coming. Um, but they're really good at manipulating that, like kind of like tricking us into like feeling a certain way. And so then everything is a little bit more painful or a little bit happier, depending on how they want to write it. And so I, I think I felt like you say, so like I was a little bit punched in the gut where like, you know, some of the story arcs were kind of like, what's happening? What's happening? Um, and then also some of the scenes were kind of hard to watch too, because, you know, there was a lot of, um, it wasn't as violent as like some of the other scenes or like the red wedding, for example, but it was, um, it was a little bit hard to watch in some, in like some moments. Like it's just, it felt a little too real for comfort, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, I guess let's start with the biggest topic of discussion. Danny, what were you guys, what are your thoughts about what Danny did to King's landing in this episode? Oh my goodness. Um, I expected it. Actually, we, we, we've had a conversation of this briefly and I said, she's going to become the mad queen. (laughs) Like, like we've had, we've had this conversation before the season started and, um, yeah, I just, when I saw that look in her eye and she's on top of, you know, the dragon and she like looks over and I'm like, there are so many ways it could have played out that scene, like get your revenge and go char Cersei right now (laughs) or do something you know like traumatic um but she didn't she took it out on the people because uh she had so much anger inside of her and she really just let it loose because it was very emotional for her I believe because that used to be her family's like place and their you know their throne and where they used to be and I felt like she she felt like she was a foreigner for a moment kind of like I'm taking this all back and you guys you know let you know basically like didn't want me here so she kind of felt unwanted in a way and I think she just kind of went crazy and just did what she did (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I think that um I don't think it's out of character so a lot of people are upset thinking that you know they they just haven't developed her character and this is not a part of who she is and or or, you know or maybe they, they this is too harsh of a turn in terms of her character I looked at this two ways. One, before the episode, I was like, 
they have hinted that she has the Mad Queen tendencies. I mean, over the over secret, you know, seasons. So it's not like this is the first time she's had some of these thoughts and had to be talked, you know, off the ledge. Uh, Tyrion's had to do it. Varys has done it. Other advisors have done it. Jorah's done it. They've all had to kind of bring her back, you know, and tell her, hey, yeah, just don't kill everybody. And I think that what you saw in this episode was somebody who, once she got, and the, and I think the directors and and the 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 producer of this show, you know, D uh, David, it's D and D they call him, isn't it? Yeah, D and D. D and D. They they said, uh, you know, Danny at this point when she hears the bells she realizes that she's like alone, like truly alone. Like everybody has turned, not turned their back on her, but she's been betrayed by somebody that she loves. Uh, right. You know, Varys got toasted earlier in the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Tyrion had essentially betrayed her by sharing the secret that, that Jon Snow had shared with his siblings or family. <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> and so, you know, she felt alone right then and, and finally made it personal. And so instead of the, the battle was over at that point, you know, the battle was over. There was, there was nothing left to do except, you know, just kind of wait for her army to get to the red keep and then, you know, and everybody else is okay. But instead she made it personal and went full mad queen and just wrecked the whole city. Um, and, and so I, I didn't think it was out of character, but it was, it did subvert my expectations. And like you said, I think they've done a good job of doing that. I don't always think that it works. It, at least there have been times in the last couple seasons where they've subverted expectations. And to me, I think that they suffered from not having the book to draw from maybe, but I, it still was good. I still, I, I, I didn't think it was out of character and, and uh, enjoyed that part of it. I think that was true to her character. I really like what both of you guys um, said, and I agree with both of you where, it, you know, like D, you said it was coming. Stacey, you said that it's part of her character, and you're absolutely right. Like Tyrion and Varys and Jorah have all tried to, like, you know, kind of keep her, like, a little bit tamed or brought her down but i think at this point like you said she's completely alone the dothraki gave their lives they lost so many dothraki you know um yeah. and so many unsullied like fighting the night king you know she she really doesn't have anybody jorah died and that was like the one person um masandi died like you know she's she's very much alone in this world and you know coming to king's landing wasn't the satisfying you know, kind of like welcome she thought she was going to get, even though yeah. everybody surrendered and they're obviously terrified of her. But also it was a little bit like the way she was treated in Winterfell right. was a little bit kind of cruel and I could see it building up. And it wasn't like we saw it coming. Type I didn't thing. think and like it was said, cruel in, in Winterfell, but that's that's my opinion. Well, I the only reason cold. I say it was kind <laughs> of... Winterfell is cold. <laughs> it was like... um you know, there was no gratitude or hailing or anything. And I, I think that the people in, in Winterfeld had every feeling to be like weary of her and not like super welcoming because they were dealing with this massive thing. And not only that, but just like 
a few months before they were dealing with like Ramsey Bolton skinning people alive in the courtyard. They're kind right. of like, right. they're just cold, you know, they've just been through so much and they're just not full of excitement. But after everything was won, there was no like, thank you, Daenerys, for coming and saving us while she was over here giving, you know, Gendry his, you know, Baratheon name and, you know, cheering Arya, you know, the savior of Winterfell and, and all this kind of stuff. But nobody was doing that for her. Right. And it and you know, but everybody knows they wouldn't have survived if it wasn't for her, her armies, her dragons. And she lost two dragons in this battle against the Night King. So yeah. I mean, sorry, one dragon. But like, you know, it's just um I feel like she she did deserve a little bit more love than she got. And I think that with losing Jorah and losing so much of like the army that came here to fight for her, she she felt alone and I get that. Um I didn't like it because I thought like I was really, really hoping she was like the chosen one. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, she was just going to be the one that like, you know, was fierce and and tough, but also kind. Right. But but yeah, I totally agree with you guys as far as like this was going to this was going to happen. <laughs> um, what does this make Danny more? Does this make Danny more of a threat now? The writers obviously want us to think that she's going the Mad King route. Um, do you think that Danny's a danger now? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that she is right now. They've posed her to be the biggest villain on the show. Although you thought it was Cersei and, and right. it probably could have still been Cersei, but they just didn't go in that route. And that's okay. Um, they have built her up to be potentially the, the biggest threat. Uh, Cause she did have the dragons. And if she's not on your side and they allude to this a lot in the North, that if she's not on your side, then you're in trouble. You know, if she decided to turn on you, what are you going to do? Because uh, she does have the dragons. You know, as an aside, just to what you said about the North, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about this show is that it's it. you can always tell each of the families or each of the regions kind of has its own personality. So uh, River Run and the and the... Uh, the Vale, the Vale has its own kind of personality, and River Run has its own personality. The people that were there before they all died, um, right? The High Garden had its own kind of pompous, pomp and circumstance personality. The the Lannisters, I mean, the Lannisters and their people and their soldiers, they all had their own personalities. If you go to Essos, they've got their own culture and personalities. The North absolutely was true to form when Danny shows up. You know. They have every reason to be to reserve judgment for a Targaryen that marches in with dragons with the history of the Starks and the Targaryens, you know. So you have a queen that comes in and tells you to bend the knee. Well, the North remembers and the North is not the North is not going to just do that. They are the they are probably of all of the regions, all of the the locales in Westeros is the one that requires the most loyalty and, and, and honor is a currency with them. So if you break your word, they remember and they won't follow you. And if you don't have their trust or their love, if you have their love, you have them forever. They'll march through fire for you. If you don't, well, you know, they may not even show up to, to, to fight for you, you know? And so, but, but that loyalty is what, makes the north so strong 
right. the other yeah. ones are sell swords. I mean, they they fight for money. In the north, they right. fight for honor and and loyalty, and and uh, and they fight for the Starks. And so, you know, they I I, I was okay with that, uh, with the way that they treated Danny in that respect. Um, even though she helped, she came in with the the wrong attitude for the north. There was no humility. It was come and bend the knee. You know, and they're like, nah. Sansa's like, nah. You know, we'll figure it out. Uh, maybe. We'll see. But probably nah. You know. Um, anyway, I, all that to say that I, I I think that it's all held true to form uh, so far. And, and uh, anyway, what was your question? <laughs> we passed the <laughs> talk around the question. It was what uh... – do you think that this makes Danny more of a threat? Oh yeah, she it does. Absolutely, it does. I think we'll find out in the next episode. But um, her unhinged is is the biggest threat on the show because she has a dragon, and that's really you saw what it did to the entire to Euron's fleet, and all of those scorpions were nothing. She destroyed an entire city with just one dragon. Imagine if she had all three, what she would have done, you know? So yeah, absolutely, she's the biggest threat. What about you, G? What do you think? Well, they're making it as um, she is currently the the biggest threat. You know, um, Cersei looked super evil, but Danny didn't look as evil to her. But now that everybody has seen how her motives are, if you really look back to seasons past and how she's taken over areas and how she's talked to people... It's very like it's my way or the highway. Everyone has to bend the knee or I'm killing the people who are in charge, pretty much. So it shouldn't have come to a surprise to anyone. She's been a threat. But because I think she's very pretty and her looks have gotten her, (laughs) her beautiful smile has gotten her, um, you know, men just wishing to be with her that they kind of have looked that aside. But it's become excessive now and... uh, the one man she shows true interest doesn't want her that way. And it's hurting her. So I think that she now has evil in her heart, you know? That's that's a really interesting um, observation. I think, too, like, the thing that I liked about her was that she, she did some horrible stuff to get her armies. But she was always very kind to, like, she was the breaker of chains, right? To the slaves. Right. To the, she always said... She even told the Dothraki, you know, raping the women, no killing the children, do not hurt a single woman or child. And that was a big thing for her always. And I think that was kind of like the redeeming thing about her, at least for me, when I saw her. So I think that's where people, um, I don't think it was so much her, for me, at least, I don't think it was so much her looks that, like, you know, gave her, like, more of a softness as much as it was her, her kindness or trying to, like, you know, change the way things are going and help the people. But in this case, you know, you see Tyrion kind of like begging her, like, please don't kill these people. Please don't kill these people. If they ring the bells, don't kill them. And, um, you know, but obviously she killed them anyways. Yeah. And so I think that her kind of just not caring anymore about these people is what's going to, what's more dangerous. Um, And then, Obviously, like one of the thing, one of the big things was um, this episode was Danny um, uh, executing Varys, and you know he did commit treason. Um, but do you guys think he deserved it? No, 
don't think so. <laughs> Why not? Um, you know, he grew. He, I grew to like him. <laughs> I didn't like him at the beginning, um, and uh, I liked how what did they what was what's that nickname they give him? The people whisper or what? Spider. The spider. Um, yeah, like he basically gives notes to people and little and every every rumor if he wants. Yes. It just happens. Everyone finds out about it, you know. So it's kinda like that was Sansa's plan, you know. She knew she was very manipulative in her movements and she pulled uh, one from Littlefinger of how he would react to certain situations. And she knew that if she went to them for counsel about the situation, that it would spread. Um and obviously, he he has a lot of knowledge. Like he said, I've I've known many kings and queens, and he he knew that John was was meant to take the Iron Throne. Um, he just needed the push in the right direction and good counsel. So I I I, I felt very saddened um, when. Uh, it came for him to to be burned. <laughs> it was like, oh, it, it kind of hurt me a little bit, you know. And then when he looked at his friend and it's like, goodbye, old friend. Like, I was so sad. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. What? I didn't think that. I knew he was gonna die. I knew that she would kill him if she found out. I don't. I wish he didn't have to. I wish he had given. He had been given a chance to say something. Right. But. Because of the rules, I guess, of the show and the rules of and that Danny has set when he started down the path and he said it and that has also been true to his character. And he said it since the very first season. He was going to do what is best for the realm. He will always do what is best for the realm, not for the king, for mm-hmm. everyone. And if what he sees is the best thing to get rid of a queen uh, because the queen is mad or the queen is, you know, then he's going to do what it takes. And and uh, so I thought that that was in line. I thought that, you know, I thought that when he spoke to uh, Jon Snow, that that's, that's one of the, Jon Snow, that was the most Ned Stark that Jon Snow has ever been. Of uh, You know, just e- even in the face of every possible sign that, that this is going the wrong way. I'm still going to do what the honorable thing is, um, no matter what, because I gave my word, and this is what I'm going to do. Even though I can't be with her, there's no ch- not a chance that I could be with her as as her husband or as you know, because you wouldn't be the king. You'd just be like she's the queen and you're her husband. Is what right. it would be. Yeah, because you know? she's not going to share the throne. Yeah, he doesn't he'd want be like a anyway. consort. Exactly, you know, mm-hmm. and and uh, so yeah, I. I, I did. I wish it didn't have to happen, but I was. I knew it was going to happen as soon as he had made that decision and said, "I will make my choice and and will take the consequences." You know. I think it's very interesting that we've all been kind of saying, like, "Yeah, that's true to character." Yeah, that that's probably what would have happened. That's probably what should have happened. But it's still like we have this like kind of like, "Oh, I wish it didn't go that way." Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of like the whole history of like eight seasons of Game of Thrones is like, oh man, like, you know that realistically this is how the thing, how things would go down, but that doesn't make it easier to swallow. If that makes any sense. And I don't know if that takes a, I feel like it's amazing storytelling, but I don't know if it's satisfying storytelling. 
Yeah. Well, they got one of them wrong. Yeah. I hope we will talk about it, but I think they got one really wrong. <laughs> but yeah, um, as far as Varys betraying Danny, I, I think I would have liked to have seen, and maybe this would have required more episodes, but I think I would have liked to have seen like Varys and Tyrion working a little bit harder to convince Danny otherwise before running as like, oh, Jon Snow is like the one that's going to be the best king. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my only thing. Um, so, and then there's been a lot going on about, like, back and forth on the internet about, you know, the, the people in King's Landing, like, they deserved it. Like, you know, they're, they're not loyal to anybody. You know, here they are supposedly defending their queen, but they were also the ones spitting on her when she was doing her walk of shame. Um, do you guys feel like King's Landing deserved all the fire and blood that they were dealt? No, <laughs> I do not. I, I think that, in, in my opinion, I think that they, the the few that did spit on her, uh, you know, and I say the few, I mean, it looked like there was a million people there, so they all couldn't have spit on her. Right. Um, I think that we, you know, if you want to get complicated, as the, the, uh, the radical church that was basically in control of the city at that time, had changed the mentality of the people in the city. And so I think that they had they had they influenced the people to see her as something completely different than what she may have really been. And and uh that that was just it's it's kind of like the idea of like if you grew up in Nazi Germany, who would you be? Right. You know, and if the that's fact all that you knew. If that's all you ever knew. And some of these people that's what they knew and, and or you know that was these people seem to be the, you know, they're the, I guess the, the, the righteous, the, you know, the, they were helping the people, they were feeding the people, they gave them a purpose. And then, you know, and Cersei broke a rule. And, and anyway, all that to say is I, I don't think that they deserved to be burned alive, especially the children. Um, and, and I would say the majority of the people, even if it was 51%, didn't deserve uh, didn't deserve that. So, um, but that being said, <laughs> as it happened, uh, you know, I, as it happened, I guess I didn't, I didn't, I don't know that I felt bad for him, even though I didn't feel like it deserved, they deserved it. I didn't, I didn't really feel bad for him. Okay. What about you, Dee? <laughs> I felt bad for them. <laughs> I did. Um, I don't know if you noticed, there was like a lady, the lady that got charred at the end, that Arya yeah. was like, I'm going to save you. Right. She was literally, they did a focus on her. She was with her as they were walking in yep. when she was with the hound. And uh, the hound pushed her out of the way and was like coming through. So that right. they can get through the gates. And she got and locked so out. And so I think they, they try to develop, because Arya looks at her. So they try to develop a relationship with an unknown character of this town. And Arya, within this episode, to show how Arya uh, kept seeing this woman. And this woman helped her when she was on the floor. So it was like they kind of created like a, a bond. Right. And in this bond that they created, she saw all of what what Danny did essentially you know the fire and that was so against how a Stark was raised you know and I think 
it resonated with her to to want to do something about it, you know? Um, so I personally don't feel that anyone there deserved it. I also look at it kind of like, I, I feel I'm more stark than anything, <laughs> like right. how I feel personally about things. Um, if John and John saw things were not, not being done correctly, he was upset. He was like, no, we need to stop. We need to retreat. And then he was trying to stop like the rape or whatever was happening there. Or killed one of his own rape. men. You know, he killed one of his own men and the guy was shocked. But then the guy was like, well, I'm going to fight you back. Like everyone turned savage, you know, and uh, that was crazy. Super crazy. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I thought it was really crazy. And it just it it, it blew my mind that um, we went back to something so primal. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. Dothraki like where yeah. we're just killing like I'm like, what happened? You know? So I don't know. I, I kind of felt sorry for them. I know that they were the people who freaking were cheering on when Ned Stark died, you know, and they're the same people who spit on like this. But I don't know. I still don't feel that they deserved it. You know, yeah. I was um I was talking to Nate, my boyfriend, about this um, and he does not watch Game of Thrones. He watched the first episode and that's all he's ever seen. And but I always <laughs> give him like the play by play of everything that's happened. I was like, I can't believe that this happened this episode. And I like I vent to him or whatever. And he was like, you're just describing what like real war would be like. Right. And I'm right? like, Ugh, you're right. But it hurts. Right, that's exactly what I told Gilbert. Like Gilbert's not like a, a huge fan. Um, he watches some episodes with me, so he has an understanding of what's happening, but he's not like hardcore about it. And in that scene, um, I said, I know it seems so dramatic what's happening right now. Like the buildings are falling apart, people are dying, blood, kids. You know, like I don't know if you noticed that they they kept focusing on kids being hurt. Um, yeah, to make and us I, and, hurt because they yeah, like to and hurt I, us. Exactly, and then I thought to myself. As, as dramatic as this looks, this is real life. This is happening like in other countries, you know. I was like, when we bomb on them or somebody else bombs them, like this, this is true. <laughs> like, it's happening, you know. Little and kids, it's horrible. people that are people are that are not even involved in it are being affected, you know. And that's how I saw it. You know, this is two power struggles between hierarchy and the people. Just go with whatever whoever is reigning. You know what I mean? And they got the burnt, you know, the bad end of the deal. Very well said. Um, one of the big things being discussed a lot on the internet is, is the steps backwards that characters are taking as far as story arc and character development. This ep episode felt like Tyrion had committed treason against Danny by plotting to free Jamie and broker, you know, his attempt to broker peace and to end this without slaughter. Do you think that his commitment um, has changed from being to Danny, it has it gone more towards his family or the people of King's Landing? Like, what do you guys feel about Tyrion's um, kind of um, story arc this season so far? I, I think, I think personally, he has uh, he's become diplomatic from who he was in the beginning. Um, and some of that he learned from his, you know, from his dad, from people. He picked up little habits from different people, including Danny, who had, like, great features, like you said, in, in freeing people. And it showed that he's cared. Um, and I think he genuinely cares about the people at King's Landing. He, he was um, raised, you know, he grew up there. But he still also has a strong commitment to his family. He, no matter what, 
blood is always thick and you know I, I feel he has a lot of uh love for his family uh, personally you know that I just had a thought that you know one of the themes through this episode and maybe through this season has been family and that's very true yeah and so with Tyrion making the decision basically he resigned himself to die as well he said you know what if I did one good thing for all the terrible things I've done you know it was to potentially free my my brother so that he might go do something really good you know that he might be able to save the people of King's Landing um and then you know and and I don't think that he necessarily did it to betray Danny as much as he did it to save her, maybe. He was trying to kill two birds with one stone, basically. Saving his brother so that his brother could save the people of King's Landing. And saving the people of King's Landing, that meant that Danny didn't kill him, and then Danny didn't turn to the dark side. Right. Right. And so I think it was an altruistic... It was selfish, but there was there was some altruism in it. He did it to save a lot of people, and it was bigger than himself to sacrifice himself if need be. I think you see the same thing with the Starks in this, in that they're seeing, you know, Arya saw the writing on the wall. You know, she she actually went there to die, and the Hound talked her out of it. And she's like, you know what? You're right. There are bigger things. There's there's more to this. And so as she left and she saw the families and she got to she, it humanized the people of King's Landing. And then it also really painted Danny in in the light that she of who she really is now. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I could guess and say that she is or isn't. If I were to guess, I'd say that she's full blown Sith Lord now. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they could do anything at this point. But, uh, you know, I think that with with Jon Snow seeing that, pulling his men back, they all fell back. Arya seeing it, and you saw in the in the preview, if, uh, spoiler, that she's walking along the outside of the Unsullied, you know? So she's not among them. She's just kind of walking out along the outside of them. So I think that you're seeing these these pockets of families that are remaining kind of clinging together in, and it really shows even more so how Danny's alone. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you say that because until you said that it had an early click for me, the season really is a lot about family. You know, they talk about it with, you know, with Aria, Sansa and John when they're like, well, she's not one of us. And John's not really like a Stark, but he is, and and he's not really a Targaryen, but he is, you know, and, um, And so family comes up a lot. And Tyrion, I mean, his family tried to kill him. His family tried to murder him. Cersei tried to have him murder him. Um, Yet despite all that, he still, you know, he could have gone back to King's Landing in revenge mode with this dragon queen, you know, which is what Cersei thought he was doing. But even then, he wasn't. Um, He still had that connection to his family. So I I think it's very, very telling. I... I totally see him like letting Jamie escape. That makes sense to me. Um, and then I've seen people say like, I can't believe, you know, um, Tyrion, uh, you know, would believe that Cersei was, you know, going to bend the knee or that Cersei would give up for her child or whatever, you know. But I think that, um, you know, he always talks about Cersei loving 
you know, her children so much. But I think that the the fact is too that Tyrion loved her children. That's and true, yeah. and Tyrion always loved her children, and Tyrion was he just always had a connection, you know, to her kids, and he didn't want her to see her kids die, even like you know an unborn one, for example. So, yeah. right. So I, yeah, it's just it's really interesting. Um, Jamie Lannister returning to Cersei. Uh, what are your guys' thought about that and I how they died? Effing hated that. That is my least favorite part of this. That that's where I think that they blew it. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway, I, I you know, I we could go on. I think I could go on and on about it, but th- this is the part that I feel like was the biggest waste right. of a story arc. They have built him up over five, four, five or six seasons, really, of redeeming himself. But mm-hmm. I mean, I say that, I, but out of the other side of my mouth, I'll say he has also shown this irrational loyalty to Cersei uh, where you know he he will go back to her even when he sees that she is like poisoned uh, right. but I felt like he actually had made a decision when he went to Winterfell he he you know I guess he he'd say he betrayed her or whatever but when he left for Winterfell I thought that was it I thought he had actually made the turn and was gonna be everybody thought he might be Azora High you know Oh, interesting. And, I didn't and, see that. Come yeah, on. that he might be Azor High and he might be the one to kill her. He also was the younger brother. That was a prophecy that did not come to pass. You know, she did not die because of her brother, a little brother's hand. She yeah. just died because of a rock. You know, I, I watched Angry Joe. I don't know if y'all watch him or, or see any of his stuff on YouTube, but he did an Angry Joe uh rant or review about this episode and he basically said unless that rock that killed him was her little brother i mean they completely they completely missed the boat on that particular prophecy so that's i think that's the one thing that that bothers me the most everything else i think i could get over without a problem just as it being entertaining (laughs) and them telling the story they wanted to tell but they missed this one because that's something they built up since like it's in the books they they touched on it multiple times and then they just didn't do it that's so interesting that you say that because um, I also had kind of like a similar thing where like, you know, the prince that was promised, right? Yeah. And then it like, I feel like we never got like a, a wrap up to that. Was it Arya that was the prince that was promised? Yeah. And I kind of felt like a little bit like somebody tell me what happened with that whole Lord of the Light thing. And like, you know, who was it, you know? Um, right. And so... You know, I see what you're saying where, like, there's all these prophecies and this little other side of the fantasy of it all that we we didn't really get to see play out. So I get that. And um, I think I'm with you, Stacey, as far as, like, that's one of the only things that kind of, like, hurt me. Like, Cersei was such an evil character, and I loved hating her. Like, I love to hate Cersei. Like, oh, she was so evil, and I love it. And there was nothing more rewarding to me than that, like, the end of that season seven when Jamie just walks off and suddenly it starts snowing. And I was like, yes, leave that toxic relationship. Finally, you're, like, moving on. And I was so excited. And so to see, you know when you start seeing his relationship build up with Brienne and all of a sudden you see this Knight of the seven kingdoms who just started, who just killed a bunch of white walkers with, you know, back to back with Jamie Lannister. And they formed this like intimate, like real relationship that's based on like, 
like a friendship. But on top of that friendship, it's also like, you know, just like a, a mutual respect and like a deep like bond over everything that they've been through and a loyalty. So to see him leave Brienne for that and to have her like go from this like amazing and impressive Knight of the Seven Kingdoms to like a woman in her bathrobe like begging this dude not to go. It just hurt me so much. And it hurt to see that like like you said, Jamie just went back to her and he, almost like Cersei was like this addiction. I get it because like he's always loved her and he, you know he's going to die with her and a lot of this is probably all his fault. He was the one that pushed Bran out the window and maybe he can't live with himself so he'd rather die with her. But I really just kind of wanted Cersei to like have a more satisfying death like I've loved to hate her for so many seasons and I just did not I didn't even feel satisfied after watching her die no I mean you right. really didn't get to see it um no I agree with um with the whole her her death um I also feel she didn't have that strong of a role in this season to be honest it's very small you know like you didn't really get to hate her this season as much as you would have wanted like I, I still don't feel she she played the the villain as as much as I would have liked on this season even though she did kill somebody or had her people kill someone um it just to me Jamie has always done what he thought was right for his family and um and that meant helping out his little brother you know his brother um that meant being there for Cersei even though she was evil trying to be there for his children you know like throughout the season he tried to do the best thing that he can do even though he was kind of like a royal mess up um but you know because I have twins I see the bond that my twin boys have and they are so close regardless if one of them is being super evil to the other one the other one will still gravitate towards them they they, they have a special bond that I think is deeper than just a sibling relationship and we forget that they they were Lann they were Lannister twins, you know they were in the womb together, and and now they're in the that, tomb together. Boom! Exactly. <laughs> there is this love that was just deeper than just brotherly love than anything. It was just a love, uh, this love that you can't explain. Kind of almost like how a parent loves their child, no matter what they do. There was like just that love that he had for her. Um, regardless of what she kept doing. Um, and he just proved it by wanting to be with her, you know, and he, he was so strong in his will, his sheer will to see her that he didn't even freaking die when he was like stabbed, <laughs> like stabbed twice, his sheer will to go and freaking try to be everything for her and be there for the family, you know, even though it was their dying moments. I knew literally before anything, I told Gilbert, I was like, they're going to die holding each other as the town falls apart. This is five minutes into the show. And Gilbert's what? like, what? And I was like, yes. And I told my other friend that they're like, you're a witch. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just like, literally, I was like, they are. I just know their love is so deep. And in seasons prior, I don't recall what season, um, Jamie had said that he wanted to die with the, with the love of his life next to him. So there you go. There you go. That is interesting. You are a witch. How did you figure that out? You called <laughs> Danny. You called Lannister <laughs> Death. That's crazy. Lannister. I, I just, he loved her so much. I just, I just knew it. 
That is so interesting. So John seems a little bit different than we've seen him in other um, in other episodes. Um, what did you guys think that was running through John's head this episode, and what's been going on with him this whole season? I think he's so confused, poor child. He is so confused. He has all kinds of feelings for Danny. And he knows that it's wrong because the North doesn't believe in uh, having sex with family. <laughs> and so he It's a feels, good policy. Yeah. <laughs> he feels very uh, kind of ashamed of these feelings. Like he won't kiss her back and she's like full force. Like, I don't care. Like, you know. She's kind of like, I love you, be with me. And he's like, nope. (laughs) He keeps putting a stop to it. And that's just because of how he was raised. He had really good, like, family north morals as of a Stark. He has a lot, a lot of good morals as you've watched throughout the season. And he's kind of showing his, almost like a little bit of a leader side, but he doesn't want to claim it. It's kind of like, yeah, 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 I'm doing good, but I don't want to be in the spotlight. That's not for me. And I think that's part of it was because he was a bastard kid. He always had that, I don't need to be in the spotlight. So it's so, I think it's still in him a little bit, but he has changed for the better, I believe. Little by little, there's little things that come out in his leadership and his skills and in his fighting and trying to be there for everyone um, and doing the right thing and and uh, telling his sisters, quote unquote sisters, you know, what the truth was, regardless of how that was going to play. I think he did the right thing. He's the only one that has almost every time done the right thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I think he's, I think he's completely confused. I agree completely. He's confused. Uh, on, on every single front. The only thing that he knows is that Cersei's got to go. Other yeah. than that, I think he's he knows that he needs to take the throne, but he refuses to. He won't. He knows that he should. He knows that Varys was right. He knows that you know the he knows that his quote unquote sisters were right not to trust her. Um, he's seen it, but because he made a vow, he promised. He's he he's gonna stick. He was gonna stick with it, and so he did. And and I think that's the honor, uh, that that Stark honor speaking, which got many of them killed, uh, in, including Rob. You know. So, but I think where John's a little bit different is I think John, um, John didn't compromise. You know, he didn't. You know, if 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 Rob had been more like. John, I think Rob would have married who he was supposed to, even if he didn't love her. He would have done it because that's what he was supposed to do. But instead, Rob married for love and ended up, you know, we all know what happened there. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think he's completely confused. But I think that he has, I think he's figured a couple things out after this last episode. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to seeing what how John turns around this next, um, well, this final episode, because for me, um, you know, John has always done the right thing. He, and like you said, like he almost always, no matter what does the right thing. But I think that like in these last couple episodes, he's kind of failed Danny in that way where he should have been like, Hey, you're getting out of hand. Hey, this, and he's walked away a lot from like, you know, 
of doing what he was supposed to do, like the the Night's Watch, for example, right? He right. betrayed the Night's Watch, even though he had like an honor to them and a duty to them, but he still betrayed the Night's Watch, which is and let because letting the wildlings in was like the right thing to do. And you know, they put a you know they killed him for it technically. Right. Um, so he has stood up and kind of like um stood up against the status quo. And so it was really weird for me to see him not stand up to Danny. Mm-hmm. And also not be as firm with Danny, um, especially when he sees that, like, her mental state isn't where it should be. And, like, when she says, you know, um, well, if it's not love, then it'll be fear. Right. right. And that's, you know. He knows that's wrong. He knows that's wrong, but he still didn't say anything to her. Because like, he kind of fears like, her. Because <laughs> he fears her, yeah. And, and I kind of think back of... Um, you know, when the people from High Garden, Olana Tyrell, is that her mm-hmm. name? Uh, yeah. When she she's with Tyrion and everybody and she tells her, like, be a dragon, you know, just burn it all down, like, make them fear you. She says, I don't want to be queen of the ashes. Right. So right. even she like knows that that's not the way to go. But she kind of like submits to her urges. And John sees that. And I'm just surprised that he didn't do more. He didn't call out to her, you know, while she was yeah. like. You know, why didn't he like run on some rooftop and jump on the dragon and be like, dude, calm the hell down. Stop burning people, which is what I was waiting for the entire episode, um, you know, and and that didn't happen. So I don't know. I I don't even know, John, like what's going on? <laughs> I think he was in utter shock of like That's disbelief. True. If you look at his face. Like his mouth is like his jaw is dropped. Like a lot. Yeah, he looks really lost. He's He's kind of like like, I don't even know what to do now. And then they made him. Um, you know they do the shell shock thing. You know, like when you can't hear that good because like all the battle and all the stuff's going on. So he's like all jacked up. You know. Um. Honestly, like he is. He really. Honestly, I think this just put the seed in his mind. She is not the woman who I thought she was. And I'm going to stand up to her. I think that just planted the major seed in his yeah. mind. This whole thing that just happened. Yeah, I agree. So um, Sansa gets referred to a lot in this episode. Danny blames Sansa as much as herself for Varys' death. And, you know, she brings up Sansa a lot. But it was Varys that was sentenced to death. Not Sansa and not John. Um right. I guess, what do you think Sansa's motives are for what she did? And then what do you think Danny will, do you think Danny will punish Sansa for this? Because she didn't punish John or Tyrion, so. I don't think she's going to get a chance. I agree. I think she's going to die. Who do you think is going to kill her? I don't know. I, I think John, I think John has to. I, I mean, I think Arya could, and I think Arya will play a role somehow in all of this. Maybe he, she kills Grey Worm or something. I don't know because Grey Worm has nothing to live for either. So, um, but I, I think John almost has to do it. Um, for this, for me, for this to make any sense, it I needs think, to be John. <laughs> I think it has to be John. For and that's just for me, but. I don't think that she'll get a chance to. I think John will do it, and and uh, I think Danny has to die. So I don't think she'll get a chance to punish Sansa. So you don't think she's gonna like be like my bad guys? I promise to rule kindly from now on. <laughs> it's kind of like 
can you do that after you murder people? You're like, you know, my bad. Um, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I'm totally, I totally, I got it out of my system. I like, won't do that again. I promise. Pinky I promise. You know, I, I just, you know, like, you kind of did it. Yeah, I think it's too late. I know. What do you think, Dee? Um, no, she's not going to have time. There's one episode left. <laughs> There's one episode. And a lot has to happen in this one episode. Um, it's, what, an hour and a half, I think? I hopefully, think so. she's, hopefully a little over just to, like, you know, finally have all the closure we need. Um, and I kind of, something in me tells me that possibly Arya could die. I just have that, that inkling that she might be some sort of, like, goes towards maybe killing possibly uh, Danny, and it doesn't work, and then John could step in type of deal, like, you know? Um, I don't know. I just feel like that was her mission like in life to do that and then she's good um i don't i i don't yeah sansa's not being touched there's nothing happening to sansa she's just there um she'll marry someone and become you know what she does like she likes to rule like what she wanted to do to begin with was live in a palace right that's what she wanted to do season one wanted to live in the city and do her thing and unfortunately, all these ugly things happened to her, which made her a super strong woman and she can play a good p- political game. But I still feel she could be be helpful to a ruler, but I don't think she'll ever be the queen. Um, at least not in this season, in this, you know, uh, nothing. Well, this is it. I mean, she ain't got no more chances. <laughs> well, because they say, I don't know, I've heard about three spinoffs of freaking Game of Thrones. Yeah, three. they're all supposed to be prequels, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know. I don't think she's dying, though. I don't really think Sansa's dying. She's staying. She's like Littlefinger. He stayed alive for a long time. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I actually thought Gendry could be the one that was the last remaining person. Um, When she, but, you know, we alluded to it earlier. The only reason she did that was to save face in front of everyone and to show power. She was showing power because mm-hmm. she was in a place where she kind of felt powerless. And, and what she said was truly meaningless, to be honest. She can't do that unless she is the queen. She's just right. saying she's the queen. And she just said something. And so and she said it to somebody who was uh, could be influenced. And also somebody who, if they ran storms in, might be... Uh, you know, like a, a powerful a ally. Tour. Yeah, political ally. Also, it showed, or at least theoretically showed, that she could forgive because she even, you know, listed her his family's wrongdoings against her family, and then said, "But it's okay. I forgive you." Also, here's your castle. So, um, right. But anyway, that's. Right. I don't think that's going to happen either. <laughs> I yeah. I I don't. I think that Danny really does love um, John, and I think that she knows that there will be no chance for them if he kills one of his sisters. Yeah, so Arya and the Hound, they arrive in King's Landing with one clear intention. Arya spent like eight seasons saying she's going to kill Cersei, but then abandons her mission at the last moment. What are your thoughts on what happened to Arya, and what do you think she'll she'll be capable of the next episode and I know we touched a little bit on some of this of 
sorry, you cut off again really quick. Arya? Yeah. Um, she, she wouldn't, like I said, she had that personal relationship with that person. I think they made it that person from the town, townsperson, I don't know what you call them, that townsperson, and it hit her home because it's like somebody helped her who was supposed to be a stranger who didn't know her, you know? Um, and I feel it, it hit her seeing like everything that was ha- happening in front of her. Um, and she couldn't believe what was happening as well. And the whole town is just crumbling, you know, and that's not how it was supposed to play out. Um, she definitely has it out, I think, for Danny. She's put a new a new name on her list. I think she's she's capable of anything. She's kind of the biggest badass on the show. So, um, but I I don't think I mean I really enjoyed the dynamic between the two, her and the Hound. I thought it was good closure on that storyline. Uh, so I think they got this part right too. Um, and uh, you know, the hound was able to finish his, his, I guess his, his quest for revenge. And she was able to kind of come to her senses. And I think that she's because she's lived through everything and, and everything we spoke about earlier with her connection to the, those individuals from the town I think that she is on a mission. I, I don't. I can't predict what she's going to do um, because, like, a, like you just said, Monica, I, I have no idea what's going to happen on the show. <laughs> they keep, you know, subverting whatever I expect. I think she's going to have. She's going to play a role in however Danny dies, though. I think. Um, do you guys think that the mountain and the hound, um, their last battle, what did you guys think about that? Did you think it was a good closing for their storyline? I thought it was. I, I liked thought it. it. Was. I thought it was I thought it was good. Oh yeah. I um I think it was cinematically amazing when they mm-hmm. like go into the fire and I think poetically it was kind of like, you know, here he goes into the fire, which is like the biggest thing he was scared of, you know? But like I was really kind of sad. Um, in a way, because like when he's telling Arya, like, you know, it's not worth it, the revenge, you're going to end up like me. I was almost hoping he would leave with Arya and help kind of like save the people of King's Landing. Right. And, you yeah. know, and then kind of like maybe take his own advice. So it was really sad to kind of see him like he had grown so much as a character. It was kind of sad to see him like kind of, I don't think it was wasted. Like he finally got his revenge on his brother. <laughs> And I think it was very poetic, but it was just kind of like almost a little bit sad for me. Like I would have wished him and Arya had their own spinoff series. <laughs> uh, the relationship is so cute. It's like father, daughter, the, the daughter he never had and the dad she never really got, you know? Yeah. In a yeah. weird way. In, In a, a weird way, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, she had Ned Stark, but, you know, didn't get to enjoy him. Yeah, she was little. Yeah. Um, and then the last person I kind of want to talk about really quick, and we only alluded to him a little bit, was Grey Worm. You know, when Grey Worm sees Danny um, just kind of like start burning everything, he's the yeah. first one. Like the the soldiers for the Lannister army had already surrendered, and he they have their their swords on the floor, and he's the one that you know s- starts attacking them. Um, what did you guys think about the way Grey Worm's story has been played out? He had every right to feel the way he did. 
Um, and he is obviously raised to battle. So his mentality is different from like John's or anyone else's. He just kind of saw like you killed your people killed my my woman. So this is revenge. Um, so he played on a very personal personal fight for him in that scene. Um, and it was just sad because throughout the whole time, like Masende had a thing for him and he never really wanted to do anything about it until just, you know, recently this little love, you know, connection between them. And I don't know, it just was really sad that, you know, his girl, what happened to her and, and, um, I think it affected him greatly. He, he hurt in his heart and that's why he had all that, uh, that, um, angst like to, to, to do what he did at that moment. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. They gave him, uh, you know, they basically his character's been, he, I mean, I don't know that he smiled. Maybe has he ever smiled? He smiled one time that I know of, and that was this season. Mm-hmm. It was on the boat. It was when they held hands. Mm-hmm. And that was like the only time. And so after that, you know, in this episode where she hands him Sunday's only possession and he throws it in the fire. You know, I think that was to him, it was symbolic of him, that being it. So his purpose was always to fight. Then his purpose was to fight for Danny because she freed them. And so his life was her, his life was hers. And then Masande gives him a purpose maybe beyond just fighting and that they could have a life, something that he had missed out on and chances where he would never have. Now there was this hope and he had never probably even allowed himself to hope. And... That was dashed with, you know, her, you know, losing her head. So, um, and with that being, you know, and so with that, I mean, he had nothing left either. So between he's alone, Danny's alone. And so as far as he was concerned, I mean, he was, he was, he had bloodlust. I mean, when she gave the okay, everything that he was ever meant to do and was raised to do and trained to do, he just did it. And so he went out and killed everybody. I I imagine if you followed him. Anyone he could kill that wasn't his own soldiers, he did. Man, woman, and child. I believe that. Yeah. I I totally believe it. I don't know that it'll bring him any satisfaction, but um, I believe that. No, it'll that make that... him more empty, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, last question of the night. Uh, there was practically no trailer for the next episode. Like you said, Stacey, it was just kind of Danny standing with her armies outside the the gates of either King's Landing or Winterfell. It looks like King's Landing, though. Um, what are your predictions and your hopes for the very last episode of Game of Thrones? Do you want to... Oh, I was going to say, um, honestly, I, I would love to see Jon take the Iron Throne. Um, will it happen? Who knows? Just because everything sometimes that you feel is going to happen doesn't happen. <laughs> so it could possibly go a complete different direction and everyone's going to be like, what? You know, um, kind of like the Sopranos ending where you're just like, what? So it could be one of those moments where it's completely what you don't think is going to be it. Uh, but I would really just love it if it were, you know, just my little um, happy Disneyland type of ending, you know, uh, I, I would love to see him on the Iron Throne as an awesome uh, ruler, you know, and a fair king to all. And I would, um, not that I want to see Danny die. I just feel that that's what needs to happen. 
But if she didn't die, she would need to be in some sort of asylum for sure. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think she can be free because she can turn crazy again. You know, Cersei was in jail too. So, um, yeah, no. Um, and those are my, you know, and I have, like I said, I have this inkling that Arya could die. I just, I don't know why. I just do. Um, because she's very upfront in combat and wants to be the person, you know. So um, she might put herself in harm's way. And um, I, I don't know what other character developments they have. Like I said, Sansa, I don't think she's dying. She's staying. What she's doing, I don't know. For all I know, she could marry some other person from another place. I don't know. That's that's the bottom, the, the general idea. I have more thoughts, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the main thing. What about you, Stacey? I think, I think that... Um... In my heart of hearts, I don't, I don't know or care really. I don't want to predict how it would happen, but I would want John on the throne. I would like to see a satisfying uh, conclusion to Danny's story. You know, I don't think that she can redeem herself to be on the throne, so I just don't think that that's. I don't think that would be satisfying to me at all. I, I don't even think that would be a good subversion of of the ending. You know, let's just put the evil person that or the person that did a some terrible, terrible things. I just don't think to me, that wouldn't be good storytelling. Um, and, uh, so I think that she kind of, she has to die cause I don't think they're going to commit her. So I think she's going to have to die. And I think that if Aria dies, okay, that's okay with me as well, but I would like it to be satisfying as well. Like I think she dies trying to get to, Cer to uh, Cersei. She dies trying to get to Danny. Um, and maybe her and Grey Worm have it out or something. Um, and but because, because she's not going to come straight at her, he's going she's going to come from the side. You know, she's not going to she's not as big and, and powerful as the Hound. And so her her means of attacking is subverted and sneaky. And uh, and so, you know, I would like to see that. And I think seeing I don't think Sansa will marry anybody if I if, you know, I would think that Sansa ruling the North uh alone uh as the last remaining start maybe i could see that happening as well uh yeah um yeah. And, and although there's supposed to always be a stark in winter fell you know that was that's kind of the saying so um but yeah that's that's kind of i i think as long as john ends up on the throne i think i'll just be entertained by whatever else happens i don't know you guys like before when Danny was like all, you know, not, you know, torching babies and and women, um, I I think I would have had would have liked to have seen, you know, Danny and John ruling on the throne on the throne together, you know? I love the idea that, you know, when Tyrion and Varys were like, let's marry them up, you know? Yeah. And also like I feel like it was so much build up from like season seven when they're on the boat and, mm -hmm. you know, and she keeps talking about how like she can't have children and I would have loved to have like, you know, seen her have a child. And I know it's like all incest or whatever, but I don't know. Like, I'm just, I really want to, huh? Just block that out. <laughs> just block it out. Block <laughs> it out. They did for, you know, Cersei and uh, Jamie. But um, yeah, I just wanted to seek i guess i wanted a happy ending you guys and i know i'm not gonna get it and so i don't even know like i just <laughs> i can't you know and i think that um 
I see like a lot of the tweets going up like I'm just done with the show it's over this and that and I think there's a humor in that I don't think people are actually done with it I just think that we've all been like you know manipulated manipulated emotionally for like eight seasons that we just need some kind of conclusion you know and I think there's a humor and I don't really believe that people are just super angry I mean there might be some angry people but I think um a lot of times when people make the jokes of like oh I was a fool to think this or I was a fool to think that it's it's more kind of like you know being playful with yourself and like being able to make fun of yourself like how could I think this I know I've been watching this season of course everybody's gonna die and it's gonna be terrible you know (laughs) right but I mean people are upset about this whole character development character development I'm like we have six episodes it's you know we can't dive deep into more that's that's what we get you know yeah yeah that's it, it is we get what we get it's it's very different storytelling it's different than anything that I've ever seen on television at least um so yeah I have no no predictions and all my hopes are out the door now so yeah. I just um, thought of something. What if like Arya, you know how she's the master of disguises, turns into someone else and kills Danny? <laughs> like crazy. Like she hasn't done that anymore. I thought she was gonna do it as I thought she was gonna be Jamie. I thought Jamie was gonna die on the way into the Red Keep and she was going to take his face and kill her. I thought that I just that knew would that be was pretty cool. Happen. That was she a big prevail- like prevailing theory was that Arya was gonna use one of her faces to kill. I thought the only way she could get close was was Jamie. Uh, it, I mean, obviously, it didn't happen, but it didn't. I know. Well, maybe we'll see. It. Maybe Arya pulls out a face because, like, you know, they did kind of. She showed up to Winterfell with faces, you know. Yeah, they're somewhere. Sansa saw they're it. hidden somewhere. Yeah, Sansa saw them. Was all freaked out by it, you know, and that's when Littlefinger started like, you know, whispering things in Sansa's ear. So I feel like that needs a little bit of closure too. So I hope she does use some kind of a face, you know. Yeah, that does need closure. And you know, something we didn't talk about, and it's been kind of a topic of discussion, for, well, at least with my group of friends, is the whole at the end when Arya is there and the horse comes out. Oh right. Like, what did you guys feel about that? Like, I, I, my immediate reaction was like, that's Bran. Bran is there. He put himself in that creature. He's the horse? To, yes. Because you know how he can put himself into animals, right? He could morgue into so, anything. Yeah. So he, he knew he could see in that situation that they needed help. And he put himself in that horse and was there for her. Because like every, everything was burnt. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was really weird. And then part of it also reminded me of Ned Stark's horse was white. And I'm like, was that the spirit of her dad? Like, oh my God. Like, it was like so many weird things. So that's been like a topic, you know, uh, amongst my friends. Like, what did that mean? I saw a tweet comparing that scene to um, that um, verse in Revelation about, you know, I'm, I'm coming. Death on and a pale horse. Yeah, exactly. And death's coming, right. you know. Um, that's very possible. And so, I, you know, I've seen people kind of compare it to that, saying, like, that's, you know, she's she's coming. You're screwed now, you know? Yeah, like the four, four horsemen of death. Um, yeah. No, that's crazy. I don't know. I don't I know. Don't... But that scene was very, like, or, or, you know what, going off of the prince that we were expecting. What if that is a prince? Prince Charming's always on a white horse. And they said that it could be female, that the in that language, that prince didn't have a male or female um, 
connotation, I guess you can say, that it was, um, uh-huh. it could be either male or female. So that's, that's crazy. yeah. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'll be texting you guys when <laughs> I know the, uh, on the next episode. Any final thoughts? Anything you guys want to say before we sign off? No, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the greatest shows ever. Agreed. Great. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. That is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some uh, some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com. There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you to our guests for joining us today. My name is Monica and we'll talk to you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit templeofgeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.